Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group, and I publish the website www.theweeklydriver.com. My friend and colleague, as always, is Bruce Aldrich, and today we have on a new friend, uh, Alex Guberman. I met uh, last night, of all things, at a podcaster's meeting, and I, I'd heard about Alex uh, from another mutual friend, and Alex was kind enough to be on our program this morning, so uh, welcome, Alex, to our uh, our podcast, and we're we're ready to hear all about your experience and expertise in, in electric vehicles. Welcome to our show. Thank you. This is exciting. Thanks for having me. Sure. Alex, can you just take us through some of the um, particulars about your YouTube channel, how it started, and, and uh, what your goal is uh, with your, um, as, as you mentioned to me last night, you do three, three videos a day. So give us a rundown on what you have going with your YouTube channel. Yeah, so just like most YouTubers, I've never planned on being a YouTuber because that's crazy, <laughs> you yes. know. So, but I, um, I did something crazy back in 2012. I was, you know, trying to get a new car. Uh, my lease on my Jaguar was expiring, and I was looking for something. And I just wasn't excited about any car that I that, that I saw that year. And someone recommended that I take a look at the Tesla. And at that time, I only knew that they had a two-seater, like a, a Roadster, um, that was extremely expensive. It was all electric, and I told them that they were crazy and kind of, you know, forgot about it. But then um, that same person said, you know, they actually have a four-door sedan out there. You might want to check it out. So I was passing by, I think, their literally first store, one of the first stores in uh, Santana Row here in San Jose, California, uh, and, um, I, um, I, I, I walked in and when I saw their prototype, it was early 2012, like I literally fell in love. I thought, oh my God, this is exactly what cars should be. And on top of it, it's electric with a really awesome range, um, uh, which, you know, sparked a lot of, you know, activist thoughts in my head as far as, you know, protecting the environment and, you know, maybe not fighting all the wars we were fighting at that time and still are now. Yes. Um, and so I just put a deposit down pretty much right away and uh, waited for a while, for about a year or so. And But I became one of the first, uh, well, the first 3,000 people who got uh, the car in 2012. I was lucky enough to get uh, my car signed by Elon Musk on the, uh, on the visor. I actually before selling it, took it off, and it's hanging on my wall. I'm looking at it right now. There you go. Um, I'm on my third Tesla now, just for the reference, so I became a huge fan. And But don't forget, 2012, everybody at that time thought I was an idiot for <laughs> buying a car for an unknown manufacturer. You yes. know, when was the last time, you know, anybody really made it to the market? And secondly, all-electric cars. I mean, that yes. was insane. So all of my friends and family told me I'm an idiot. Uh, but I thought, hey, listen, I felt that my generation have, haven't really contributed to this uh, to this planet in any way. So I thought that was kind of our last chance. And I said, even if I lose my money, at least I made a decent attempt on changing the world, you know? Sure. And um, But I decided to go to Facebook and, you know, find other people who are, you know, idiots like myself. <laughs> uh, and I started a Facebook group. Um, yeah. And, you know, it started to grow and grow. And Tesla started becoming kind of cool and then cool. And I realized that I had a pretty big following. I think at that time it was like 10,000 members. And I thought, you know, it would be silly not to um, sort of do something, maybe produce some sort of a product or a service. 
And at that time, I was already kind of a dabbling in YouTube. I had a men's fashion and lifestyle channel. And I said, you know what I should do? Because I'm falling kind of behind on all these exciting Tesla news. Um, I'm going to produce a weekly news show for, for my audience. Um, and I called my, my, my channel um, Everything Tesla at that time. And it started to grow just like the Facebook group. And um, uh, halfway through, well, about a year into it, I realized that there's more going on than, than just Tesla because Tesla kind of started to drag everybody into this whole electric car movement. And I just didn't want to put all eggs in my basket. And, you know, Tesla was actually already, you know, acting a little bit odd. And so I renamed my channel into E4 Electric and started doing, um, you know, at that time, daily news. And now I do three videos per day, Monday through Friday, because there's just so many. Like today, there's more than three. I can probably make five videos. As a matter of fact, last night I had to make one at two in the morning after this whole thing with Elon Musk and uh, uh, SEC. Yes. So... And, and, you know, then I started getting invited to different events for different manufacturers, being able to review cars before or drive cars before they make it to the market. And, you know, the rest is kind of history. And um, I'm, I now went full time with, uh, with this uh, YouTube channel as my full time job uh, in July. Fantastic. Wow. So you're a three time owner. Is that correct? Yes, I'm on my third Tesla Model S, yes. One of the things about those cars is like the fit and finish, the quality, uh, the electronics, um, the dashboards and all. Is there much, are they getting better or worse or staying the same over those three cars? So to be honest with you, I mean, fit and finish is not something that most people ever notice. So I always thought that was the least of the issues. Uh, I mean, I've okay. never had... In something on mine, but I have seen some. As a matter of fact, I saw Model Three at the uh, semi truck launch uh, that that I went to, and that had some you know, little weird gaps and stuff like that. But most people don't notice. I think that's really not an issue, and they obviously got much much better at it. Uh, my problem is more uh, with 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 uh, you're right, electronics. Like for example, I'm on my third one, and yet I've been you know, dealing with issues, not just electronics, um, that really shouldn't be there. Um, you know, and you know, it's, it's kind of a twofold problem. First, I'm sick and tired of going back and forth, getting all the stuff fixed. But secondly, it's also about how you get treated when something goes wrong. Right. Yes. right. Um, I've owned cars that were, you know, not exactly, you know, free of maintenance or, or issues. But when I showed up, I was treated like a king and I almost wanted my car to break down. You <laughs> okay. know? Um, to get a little love, then, huh? Okay. Get a little car yeah. love, yeah. Yeah, and to be fair, Tesla was exactly like that in the first couple of years. As a matter of fact, if you show up to, you know, bring your car in, they will always give you a better and more, uh, a, a better model uh, that is more uh, powerful and with more features because they kind of wanted you to just, buy that one um so it was, their service was amazing at first but unfortunately now and i believe this was the number one crowdsourced question for elon musk during their um uh, uh call uh, earnings call for their q4 results is is the customer service uh, unfortunately that's slipping then huh yeah yeah alex to take you away just for a moment uh from tesla last week we interviewed uh, a very knowledgeable guy about the car that was exciting to me at the LA Auto Show. I don't know. We don't know each other, but I don't know if you were in LA or not. I, I assume that you were. But 
we really both got a kick out of the Rivion with the new pickup truck and its SUV. Have you had a chance to do any studies on that? And, and if you have, what do you think of that particular new car? Right. So I was actually at their uh, a private unveiling uh, in Los Angeles uh, before the uh, auto show. And then I also once again visited their uh, display um, at the uh, LA auto show during yes. the media days. Yes. Um, I've interviewed uh, their CEO, RJ, pretty much at the right after the unveiling. So it's on my channel. Um, Thank you. So uh, it's, it's obviously they have done something that no one else was able to do, which is actually almost steal a spotlight from Tesla, beat them to market with uh, an electric truck uh, with a really decent range. And, and you know, I, you can argue about looks. I'm not a huge fan of the way it looks, but I don't think trucks are not exactly, you know, their appeal is not the design yes. <laughs> usually. So whatever i'm just saying it's not exactly you know won me over with with their look um you know the the way their batteries are designed and especially cooled and i believe because of that they're they, they're able to to be 25 percent more dense um is definitely another breakthrough or, or, or big advancement yes uh, the now we have gotten this excited before about different cars and brands uh, you know what what seems to be an issue with tesla and even legacy manufacturers like you know Kia and Audi and Mercedes is the execution, right? Yes. Um, the, yep. the question is, can they execute? And I do have to say that their staff, their executive staff, uh, impressive, but I, they all, like, you know, they, they, they come from Jeep and other manufacturers that are kind of a legacy manufacturers that, you know, make gas cars. Yes. Um, not that Jeep even that over impressive as a car or reliable, but I just don't know where innovation would come from as far as executing this plan. I hope I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not seeing something. So, you know, impressive and, and great publicity. They sure know how to do that. You know, Rihanna was at their, at their unveiling. Unfortunately, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh. So I m might have bumped into her and never knew. Yes. I just did, you know, she changes her looks very often. So I don't know. <laughs> she but, changes uh, her looks you know, more than you have videos. She's like a chameleon. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, more often than I change model S cars. That's in my right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, and, and, you know, uh, so now all eyes on can they execute, number one. And number two, will people buy this truck? Because, you know, it is about, it is up there. The, the, the price is up there, even with all of the incentives. It's definitely a luxury truck which is kind of a oxymoron if you yes, ask me yes. right to me a truck is usually you know a utility car and if you pay a lot of money for it it needs to actually you know Perform, make yes. that money back somehow yes um so we're still you know i mean they, they do have an suv that's built on the exactly same platform looks very much similar so that's definitely will compete with um you know many other legacy manufacturers probably successfully i sat in the car um it's amazing i mean it's definitely great and from what i saw was pretty good build quality yes but yeah listen i'm excited about this but you know a little bit cautious but optimistic yes now alex to take you in a different area we just met last night it was nice to shake hands and have a little bit of a chat if you don't mind Absolutely. could you tell us um your background you're from russia and you lived uh, in the silicon valley for i think you told me 25 years and you've recently moved to sacramento so on a personal note, can you tell us a little bit about your background? 
Yes, I'm originally from Moscow, Russia, and my parents brought me here in 1992. I was 15. I'm 41 now. Yes. And uh, pretty much uh, as soon as I um, got out of high school, I started actually doing a, a little bit of television production uh, on the local public access channel. I don't know if many people even remember those. Yes. Uh, maybe maybe they even exist now. But um, I ended up creating a website for my, you know, for for my show at that time and people started asking me to make websites for them so you know uh, and at that time silicon valley started to really boom and i ended up becoming a web designer and a web developer and for the last pretty much 20 years i worked for you know different different silicon valley you know giants and startups and everything in between um until you know i was able to go full-time with my youtube channel and I did move to Sacramento simply because, you know, going from a Silicon Valley salary to a, um, an up-and-coming YouTube channel is not exactly, um, a, you know, solid financial decision. So <laughs> sure. I already, uh, yeah, I already owned a house here in Sacramento um, because that's the only place in California I could still afford to buy one outright. Yes. Um, so I moved here um, to kind of, you know, get my channel, uh, um, you know, going, uh, especially, you know, financially getting some sponsors and, and some traction. Um, and after that, we'll see, I mean, it's, it's, it's the capital of uh, the state. That's one of the leaders in, uh, green energy. So, um, I've seen quite a few interesting initiatives here and in events like the one last week, launching the, uh, self-driving 3d printed shuttle on the, uh, local, uh, university campus ollie. so it's it's been definitely yeah ollie it's, mm -hmm. it's interesting and you know the mayor was there and our congresswoman was there and the president of university this this was a big deal so yeah it's 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 been an interesting journey but i think i'm just in the beginning of it so excited to see what happens next yes interesting stuff for sure what do you think about uh hydrogen fuel cell cars versus uh battery electric cars um not much. You know, I'm definitely excited generally about electric technology, but unfortunately, the this this technology seems to be kind of dead on arrival. And not that, not that so, so much because it's a bad technology. You know, sometimes somebody has to win. Um, the, the the issue, of course, is that you can't uh, refuel, if you if you will, that your your electric car at home like you can with battery powered right. electric cars and um, the infrastructure is not there. I believe there's only like less than a hundred uh, fueling uh, stations for the hydrogen fuel cell cars in California, and that's the only place in the U.S. where you can even own one. I believe Toyota Mirai, uh, the hydrogen fuel cell car, is only being sold here. Yes. Um, you know, there is a company called Nikola Motors that's, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, is, I guess, a semi-truck competitor to Tesla. And they originally said that they would build out the infrastructure just specifically for uh, for trucking, for the long-distance trucking. But even they announced, what, two weeks ago that they are actually going to start producing the battery-powered uh, semi-trucks, um, which kind of tells me that they're probably going to abandon their original plan. Um, it is relatively uh, okay and kind of still kicking in Japan and even in Europe, but I just don't see, I just don't see a way for it to win over, you know, battery electric cars that are pretty much kind of on their way to winning the world, if you ask me. I think you're right. Uh, so, yeah. 
How about nice uh, try? Uh, and 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 I just don't think it's gonna go anywhere. How about uh, is anyone looking at swapping out batteries instead of char- trying to do a quick charge, or is there some new battery technology on the horizon? Yeah, well, so <laughs> I'm actually a huge fan of a battery swap. I believe the biggest problem with electric cars is the fact that you cannot refuel them as fa- as fast as the uh, gas cars. And as far as I'm concerned, for in order for a, a new technology, any new technology to be successful and replace the old technology, it has to be better than the old technology in all you know important um, aspects of it. And in electric cars, they are better in almost every single way than gas cars, except for one, which is kind of important. You know, if you look at Teslas, right, they, you can supercharge them, but even the supercharging at the highest rate will take you 45 minutes. This is why I own and just bought an, um, a plug-in hybrid, uh, Chevy Volt, because I just don't see myself, you know, when I'm driving to Los Angeles, for example, spending 45 minutes uh, when everybody else is spending three now, the solution for that is either extremely fast charging, which probably will come with um, solid-state batteries, which are at least five years away uh, at best, or just swapping the battery. Now, Tesla actually had a pilot uh, at uh, Harris Range, I believe, location of supercharging or, of superchargers where they actually implemented that, and you could swap batteries on the Model S and, I believe, Model X. But they closed that down very quietly, and they now the, the Model 3, their latest car, doesn't even have the capabilities. Uh, but there is a technology on the market right now. There's a Chinese company called NIO, and they're selling cars in China right now. They're selling all-electric um, SUV. They sold over 10,000 of them last year. But they just premiered, uh, uh, they went public here in the United States, and obviously they're going to be crossing over and bringing their cars to, the, to North America and Europe. They do have battery swapping stations, actually about a dozen of them already functioning. Wow. Uh, one of them was right next to the Tesla supercharger location in, uh, in China. And you can battery swap in three minutes, just like with a gas car, as a matter of fact, probably faster than some. Um, and that's a huge advantage. But think about it. There's another major, major advantage to that is if you buy a car, an electric car, your biggest concern is the battery because it's the right. most expensive and fragile part of the car. Yes. Now, people people go, like, well, what happens in three years when the batteries really improved or my battery is degraded or I used to you know, need to drive only five miles to my work and now I have to drive 30 miles to my work? Well, with the swappable batteries, you can always upgrade those or downgrade those to whatever you want if that battery is part of a lease deal as a separate thing uh, than from the car. You see what I mean? Yes. So, so that makes way sense. It Sounds away, complicated, but it makes, makes sense. sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense, yeah. Well, it's kind of like your cell phone, right? Your cell phone plan allows you to add a cell phone or subtract. You can go to a different plan with more or less minutes, international, domestic, and it's flexible and, and it, it, it kind of evolves throughout, you know, the, the life of your, you know, cell phone, uh, depending on your needs. I think the car batteries need to do the same. We do the same with batteries of our flashlights and our remote controls, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that's the way to go. That's why I'm really excited about Neo. This is why I think um, uh, Tesla made a mistake by, by, by abandoning that technology. 
The Weekly Driver podcast gets support from americantrucks.com. Visit www.americantrucks.com. And one more question about batteries. We'll get off this. Um, what's the story on, um, what's it called? You would uh, repurpose or when they're done, how do you recycle them? Right. The, the, the biggest uh, criticism of that electric cars get right now, um, you know, wrongfully most of the time is that, you know, it still takes more uh, fossil fuel energy to uh, make uh, and drive electric cars than it does uh, with gas cars. Um, it's not true because I think after about 40 or 50,000 miles, it actually turns the other way, obviously. Um, and of course, it's because we can't really uh, manufacture the, the green cars in a green way just yet. So that's changing as well. Um, but the biggest thing, of course, is recycling of lithium-ion batteries, and that's the type of batteries that, that electric cars have. And they're they're pretty big, and it's almost impossible to sort of uh, recycle them. Though there are technologies now that do that. Uh, Nissan and a few other companies now offer reconditioning services where you can take the battery and either reconditioning it to put it back in your car, or you can actually create a battery for your home or business to retain the energy that you get uh, from your solar panels throughout the day so you can use it at night or during peak hours. So recycling those batteries doesn't necessarily mean kind of disposing of them, but more like repurposing them. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's a whole new industry that hopefully will come out of it is, is, is for that. Um, however, it is something that we and the whole industry needs to figure out. Yes, um, right. I, I think we have not settled on the battery technology just yet, right? If solid batteries come along, then, you know, <laughs> that whole uh, lithium-ion battery recycling industry will go down in flames. And I think that's why people are not attempting, attempting it yet on a large scale. But absolutely, we do need to figure that out. What do we do with that uh, to make sure that we are not polluting the environment that way? Alex, um, I'm going to go back to the LA Auto Show just for a second. And I'm a little bit jealous because I wasn't invited to the uh, private Rivian um, uh, gathering. But the other car that was there that I'm sure you have an opinion about is the the Byton. And they made a big presentation about that. And um, it had that uh, vast... Uh, horizontal screen across no, no console no nothing just a big screen whatever how, however long it was four feet long and about six or seven or ten inches deep did you have a chance to examine that car and uh, if so what do you think of that absolutely i'm actually a reservation folder for byton uh, for the m byte and i've been a huge fan i've actually have uh, ridden in that car quite a few times now i'm surprised they're not asking me to pay lease on that. Yes. Uh, but I've also visited uh, their factory in Nanjing uh, back in June when it was basically a pile of dirt. And um, during the, I believe, uh, at, uh, CES in January, they showed us pictures um, of what it looks like now. And it's almost a complete thing. Uh, so things in China happen very quickly. They And the factory is huge. It took us about 10 minutes to just go around it in the bus. Wow. Um, yeah. And you know, their executive staff is extremely impressive. They came from, you know, um, mainly from the BMW i team, but there are also people from Nissan and Tesla, and uh, it is really impressive. They are, they, they're 
they kind of have their headquarters in the most important parts of the world for electric cars, right? Yes. Uh, China, um, Germany, and Silicon Valley. Yes. Um, I was just at their um, offices actually here in Silicon Valley in Santa Clara. They had their latest prototype, camouflaged and everything. Yes. Um, and uh, they are, see, unlike Rivian, I, to me, now that I've met pretty much most of their you know, top staff and, and, and saw their factory and saw how they progress with, um, you know, their, you know, promises versus delivery. Um, and um, I saw their plans for the factory. And, and when I talked to the guy who's heading uh, that project, it looks like these guys are on track to do everything they've promised in this, what, 24-month period. Um, and this car will be produced in China, which means it will be produced relatively cheaply and then imported here in the United States and Europe. And it's going to be an amazing car. See, the startups, and I don't consider Tesla a startup anymore, but these electric car startups, because they're starting from scratch, they're able to innovate, Yes. right? Just like Tesla did. But once you become big, you know, innovation is not something you can really do easily. But these guys can still innovate. And I think Biden has innovated more than anybody else in the last year. I mean, you mentioned this amazing, you know, um, dashboard screen, right? Yes, so there's yes. also a screen on their wheel, which is another impressive thing. You know, the, the car doesn't, you don't have to open the car with a fob or a key or a card. Yes. Um, it actually uses facial recognition to recognize you just like your iPhone would to, <laughs> to unlock the car. There are tons of amazing technology in that car. And, um, you know, I have pretty much no doubt that they will stay on track and produce the, this car first in China and then in 2020 um, here in the United States. And I cannot wait for that car. Yes. Uh, though you mentioned LA Auto Show, um, Biden uh, only premiered their user experience, which is, again, impressive. Yes. But I thought after the Rivian, the second most impressive thing was um, Audi premiering their e-tron GT, yes. uh, which was uh, I was also lucky to actually to, to drive. I think I was one of the first hundred people, including their staff, to drive it um, because it's a 2021 prototype. We actually had to have a police escort through the uh, streets of Los Angeles, which was a trip. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they you arrested know, you first. I'm sure they Go wanted to. after the to. journalists, yeah. <laughs> yeah, after the journalists first. Go exactly, <laughs> right. So so that was fun, but I'm really high on Audi e-tron. I'm actually a reservation holder, and that's the car that I'm probably going to be switching from Tesla to their, their SUV that's pretty much in production right now. Yes. Um, I think delivery start next month in Europe and uh, sometime this summer here in the United States. Um, so I'm excited about that. You know, I'm excited about that and many other cars that are now coming out there, including from legacy manufacturers that are actually getting their crap together and producing decent electric cars for the mass market. Yes. I like all this tech, you know, I like the, the, the big screens and all, but I'll have to admit probably the most frustrating area of my life is, you know, the computer and when it doesn't work. And now to take all that stuff and put it in a car, it just seems like you're, you're just opening up yourself to problems. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you're funny you mention it. I mean, the, you know, Byton stands for bites on wheels because, right. you know, essentially you're right. You know, our cars now, especially electric cars, are going to be tech on wheels. And, you know, I guess let me put it this way. Yes software is buggy and when it's all about the software it's it's got its own problems but 
to me, we're switching from mechanical problems to software problems. And those are mechanical. I can problems. fix though. That's the problem. <laughs> or I can hit it with a well, actually, hammer, but I can't I'm gonna, <laughs> hammer a bite see, out. The thing is, you, well, you can fix both, but the problem is you can fix the software ones with over the year updates, just like your cell phone. And that's what Tesla and other manufacturers are, are starting to do now when there's a problem um, or if they want to improve your car. Um, they just send an over-the-air update, and boom, it's gone. And Tesla has done it many times, either fixing an issue or improving the car, making it either faster or adding a feature overnight. Where with you know mechanic with gas cars, you have to go and try to fix it, you know, physically and spend your time somewhere, and um, and you can't improve it obviously because it's not exactly uh, IoT connected. Um, and you know, mechanical problems they uh, you know software will get better and better you know especially with the uh, standards and regulations and so forth like that software just cannot be that bad because otherwise it just won't be released or approved um and the software doesn't get worse with time like mechanical parts right that that that's sure. just by nature of it um so Yes, we are going to go through growing pains, and we are still doing it with Tesla and other cars where software is buggy, and you know, especially with self-driving uh, uh, software, there, there will be there will be issues. But overall, you will probably end up in, uh, with a pretty good quality product, um, and and you'll be happy that you won't be having to deal with the mechanical issues that we've done for decades, really. Um, so cautiously optimistic there. I think you will be surprised how much uh, reliable the, the software will will be once it's uh, standardized. I, I hope they put up pretty good uh, firewall software too to keep the hackers out of them. Yeah, that too. As a matter of fact, they did. This is this is the biggest obviously problem, right? Making sure to you know uh, it's not hackable. And I believe the actual the guts and the brains of the car will have no. Uh, interaction with the outside world and there will be a really, really secure firewall like it is right now with Tesla's um, where you won't be able to hack like the, the main parts of the car. Uh, but who knows? It Just like I said, I expect growing pains, but I also expect, uh, expect great rewards uh, once we figure it all out. Alex, jumping into a different area, uh, a while back uh, for a few years, Bruce and I were doing video car review videos and we have kind of a running joke that at first I was very uncomfortable being on camera and um, uh, being that he's a friend, I wouldn't get upset, but he used to call me the robot because I was very stiff at first making these car videos, but we still are, we still are, but, but you're a natural and, and um, you look very comfortable on camera and you have a personality with your, with your videos. Did that come uh, easy for you? And, and what kind of feedback have you had? being that you have a, a good personality on air and you have good, strong opinions, what, what, what do you get as feedback from the public or from the industry? Well, I appreciate it, though, though I'm pretty sure I can find some people who will, who will disagree with you. But, <laughs> uh, you know, um, I think, um, I mean, I guess I, I, it, didn't, it didn't come naturally. I think if you watch uh, YouTube videos about how to do YouTube videos, I think the first people, uh, uh, first thing that people is that you first need to learn how to be you on camera because it's actually much harder than you think. Yes. Um, you know, when I think I finally kind of broke through as far as just being me uh, and having my personality kind of 
shine, if you will, on camera, yes. um, is when I stopped worrying about what I look like on camera. Gotcha. When I was like, you know what? I'm not, I, this show is not about me. This show is about me delivering information and giving my own opinion and history about all the kinds of news. And, 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 and you know, most of my viewers are, you know, uh, men and 96% of my viewers are men. They're not watching me for my haircut or my, you know, pretty eyes. You know, they're watching me for information. So I could literally be a puppet and the show would be just as successful. <laughs> yes. So well, once I realized it, I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm just going to go and do it. Um, and, and I think, and I know this is going to sound weird, but I don't, just like, you know, in school, I never took notes. I always just listen and whatever stuck in my brain, is stuck in my brain. So I never prepare really for my shows or my interviews, except for, of course, the information I need to know to, to release to my audience that's new. I kind of, I'm just, big fan of this. I kind of live electric car. So everything yes. is already in my brain. So when I go and interview somebody, I know exactly what I'm going to ask them. And as long as I ask them, like if they were my buddy or a new friend, um, the interview looks natural and that's what people enjoy. So yeah, I just, you know, if you stop giving a crap what you sound or look like, and that's when you become you on camera. That's a very that, good answer. Thank yes. you. Oh, one other question. Uh, has the, your next electric car been built yet? And if not, what might be your next electric car? So as I mentioned, I believe my, I'm a reservation holder and um, I'm going to be switching from Tesla uh, to most likely Audi e-tron. It's their new okay. uh, all-electric SUV. Um, I just test drove it in uh, Marbella, Spain, and I have a video about that. We actually went off-road, and we took it on a racetrack, and, you know, I had, what, two days driving it throughout the beautiful south of Spain, and so I got a pretty good idea of what it is. I can tell you that it's not a better car than Tesla. I, I don't think there is a better car than Tesla right now, um, but it's good enough where I will still enjoy my drive, but my ownership experience overall will be better than Tesla's, right? If we're just talking about cars, yes, I don't think anybody can compete with Tesla. But if we're talking about ownership experience, I think pretty much everybody's better than Tesla. And I know Audi's build quality is going to be better because if anything, they know how to do that. I've also missed the luxury. When I pay seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars for a car, I expect luxury, uh, which Tesla does not have no, in, nope. in, inside of their cars, right? So I'm going to get that back. Um, and w what I'm going to get back is good customer service, not having to wait for parts for weeks or even months. Uh, not having to be on hold for over an hour when I have an issue, uh, not having to wait for a service appointment for weeks or months when I have an issue. Uh, all of things that have driven me from Tesla had nothing to do with a car, and what's driving me towards Audi has nothing to do with their car either. I just think their car is the first one on the market that's good enough. Um, there are quite a few of them coming out right after them, and if somehow I end up with with no, no, passing on the e-tron, there's a Mercedes EQC coming out um, later this year. I was also lucky enough to uh, ride in one uh, during the uh, LA Auto Show. Very decent car, great Mercedes car. Uh, Porsche Taycan, that's probably going to be better than Tesla and Model S in many different ways that are, that's coming out as well. 
And let's not forget the more affordable cars uh, that are just really amazing. Kia Nero EV just as drove it here in Santa Cruz for their media drive. Yes. Um, a great car for its money, great, you know, range and everything. And it's kind of a sister car, a Hyundai Kona EV. Um, also, we're talking about under 30000 after all the incentives. Um, and, you know, more and more and more cars are being planned in the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. Um, so Audi e-tron is ahead of the game for me just simply because they're coming on the market before anybody else. Um, but again, if I pass on that, there's still quite a few great cars with what I believe is going to be a great ownership experience um, that I'll be able to choose from and everybody else will be able to choose from. Alex, I can't help but asking uh, on a personal level with uh, Elon Musk, um, the general public um, probably hasn't really come around to his cars. Everybody's heard of his name. They may even know, you know, why he calls his cars Teslas. Uh, but he's in the news every day or almost every day for something, uh, his personality, his, some people think he's, you know, off the rails. Uh, he's got some uh, personal problems. Uh, the, the customer quality, as you mentioned, uh, how they're making the cars or not making the cars. Do you have a personal opinion about how he's handling his business? I do have a personal opinion about it, and it actually cost me a lot of subscribers, and, 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 and it still is causing me a lot of subscribers because my opinion about the industry is unbiased, and I'm not taking sides of anybody. If I see a problem, um, no matter who or what it is, I will call it out if it's slowing down the electric car revolution. Um, I think Elon Musk, I've always thought that Elon Musk is one of the most important people in the world, one of the greatest innovators. Um, and uh, I, I've admired, I admired him greatly. What he's done is absolutely unbelievable. And he didn't have to do this. He was already a billionaire after you know, selling PayPal to eBay. He could yes. have just enjoyed the rest of his life at his own private island or a, you know, continent. You know, yeah. uh, but he decided to change the world with electric cars, SpaceX, the space exploration and uh, artificial intelligence and so many other technologies. Um, unfortunately, um, something happened um, in the last year and a half or even two years. Um, he himself kind of says that it's been stress that's been getting to him. Um, but I'm also kind of, even in my video today, I called out pretty much his friends and family who are all around him and seems to not being able to either identify or um, sort of curb his, you know, kind of a very um, non-typical behavior, at least for him. Though I will have a guest on my show who's knew him personally for a while, and he told me that Elon has always been this way. We just never saw it. So we'll, we'll explore that. But you know, his behavior, I mean, even today, right, my biggest story right now in the, the, the video that I made last night that yes. I posted today is, you know, he's in trouble uh, with the Securities and Exchange Commission for no other reason but being, at the lack of a better word, just stupid. Yes. Uh, you know, I understand he doesn't like them, but their job is their job to protect investors from um, erratical behavior and manipulating stock. And you can definitely make a case that they don't go after people they should be going after. But as far as him concerned, if we're just talking about him, he has just done such 
silly and stupid things, and he's now paying for them. And, you know, I think the worst thing he's done is, you know, calling that uh, a diver, the rescuer of those boys in Thailand, yes. um, a pedophile uh, with no evidence, never saying, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, uh, insisting and doubling down on it over yes. and over again yes. with no evidence. To me, that's probably the worst thing he's ever done. Um, everything else, yeah, everything else that he's done, you know, with um, with the tweets and all the trouble he's in, um, you know, uh, he's now getting punished by the universe, which in this case it looks like SEC. Um, I don't know when it's going to stop. I don't know how much it's going to cause and cost him. But what bothers me is that, you know, it's a reflection not just on him, not just on Tesla, but on all of us who are trying to push this electric revolution onto the world, which obviously is very resistant. So when we are talking not about how great the electric cars are and how great the Tesla Model 3 outselling everybody with this amazing technology, but how Elon Musk might go to jail because he tweeted out something stupid, it's not only not helping, it's actually working against us. And I think that's the personal problem that I have with him. It's, it's funny that, you know, I actually met him in person a couple of months ago at the boarding event. I ended up just standing right next to him as he was talking to the crowd. Yes. And I decided not, you know, because this was my opportunity to talk, to talk to him. And I had nothing to say to him. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I had, I, th there was no compliment at that point I kind of wanted to give him. Yes. And there was nothing that I wanted to tell him or discuss or say to him because I'm just so taken back by because I don't even know who this guy is. Yes. So here's me, the guy who lives electric cars, standing next to the basically the leader of the revolution, and I had nothing to say to him. I just stood there for five minutes and then watch him, you know, say his goodbyes to everybody and walk away. Yes. That I... was a very odd experience for me because I don't even know who he is anymore, and it's a shame because yes. he is yep. an amazing individual. I'm so glad I asked, and, and not to compliment myself, but your answer just shed a lot, shed a lot of light on it for me because you're you're an insider and you have these thoughts and maybe some conflict even because you expressed how important the vehicle is and how important this technology is, but the guy behind it is is um, is doing it a disservice, just like you said in, in in a better way than I did. But but thank you for that answer in, in particular. Um, the other question I was going to ask is about what what are some of the other players. Um, we, we've laughed over the years about that small company that the guy uh, tried to bring out, the Elio, and that seems to have disappeared. And do you have any anything to share about that guy, Paul Elio, who um, made a lot of claims and it went away? I think it's it's gone for good now. Uh, any any uh, thoughts on that? Well, I think just like with any new technology, there will be a lot of startups, and most of them will fail. As a matter of fact, it's amazing how few of the startups have failed. I mean, I probably the biggest sort of famous one is Faraday Future, which is still somehow kicking. Um, so the, the number of failures I see is actually pretty minimal. Yes. Uh, but, you know, and, and this is how new technology grows, right? You're, yes. you're going to try different things and you're going to fail. And that's sort of those failures contribute to the success um, of the rest of the community. So that's, you know that's that's perfectly fine. You know, I uh, we we know that Fisker is probably one of the first yes. uh, failures of this industry. And when I talked to Henrik Fisker um, about a year ago, I did ask him. I said, you know, Henrik, you you're now 
you know, uh, came out of bankruptcy, you now have uh, another company and you're, you're now taunting yet another car in our face. How can we trust you that, uh, you know, you can do better now? Yes. And his answer actually surprised me. He basically said, listen, at that time, you know, there wasn't, we, we had to do everything ourselves. And the only thing that we outsourced was the battery and that company went belly up. Now, nowadays, if that happens, we just go to another supplier. But at that time, that was the only supplier. Yes. And, you know, once our battery supplier folded, we folded. Um, and this time around, we've learned our lessons and we can do better. And I was like, you know what? You know, he's right. I, 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 this is not my first YouTube channel. I had a couple of others that didn't go that far. And I've learned and I've yes. done better with this one. And I think everybody, everybody listening, you, you guys and everybody listening right now, I'm sure they can relate with something that they failed at just so they can get better in the future and, and, and be successful. So I'm okay with all of this, you know, uh, uh, failed companies because I know they've tried and they've probably contributed to overall success. So yeah, I'm, you know, it's unfortunate because I know people lost their jobs and careers and money, but that's just how you do progress. Yes. Yep. That's um, probably true. Alex, it's absolutely probably a good, a good way to, to uh, end our great discussion. I, I feel like I've learned a lot from an expert, and I'm glad that uh, our friend Ray uh, introduced us last night, and I'm sure that our paths will cross again. So we really want to thank Alex Guberman. Um, his YouTube channel is, is fantastic, uh, E for Electric, and uh, check it out. He's got a very good personality, and he obviously knows a lot about the electric industry. So we, um, we want to thank you, Alex, for being our guest today on the Weekly Driver Podcast. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, this was fun. I actually kind of forgot what we're doing recording this as a podcast. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of having a good conversation with you guys. So I really appreciate it. This that, was fun. That's a nice compliment. We'll take that and uh, we'll see you, I'm sure, soon. Maybe we'll uh, call you or vice versa. We'll have a cup of coffee or lunch together somewhere in Sacramento. That would be great. The Weekly Driver Podcast gets support from AmericanMuscle.com, your late model Mustang and F-150 authority, bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade. No one makes it easier to modify your ride. Visit AmericanMuscle.com today 